Hey, welcome to episode zero of the DC Movies Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Duker. Really excited to have with me a co-host, Rose Moore and Greg Katzman. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, how are you? Doing great. So tonight we're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about what the heck is this DC Movies Podcast. And we're going to give uh, some thoughts on some other things, too. So let's uh, let's do little intros of ourselves and just where we come from and why we're here. Rose, go ahead. Ah, me first. I love it. Uh, I'm Rose Moore. I am a freelance writer on primarilymoviepilot.com, as well as a few other entertainment and book-related sites. And I love DC movies. I also love Marvel movies, so I have a feeling that I'm going to be the Vancouver-based Marvel voice of the DC podcast. (laughs) What about... (laughs) That was good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Greg. Just Yes, or? I am uh I'm also a freelance writer. I write for uh the website Screen Rant. I'm also a co-host of another DC TV podcast, uh the Legends podcast, which of course covers Legends of Tomorrow, and I recently started a job as a marketing assistant over at Midtown Comics in New York. So that's uh exciting and uh just like Rose, I love DC movies. I, I watched a whole lot of uh, 1989 Batman when I was younger, and um, this may people may make some people immediately ignore every opinion I have, but I really, really like Man of Steel as well, and I'm sure we'll have an extended conversation about it at one point. And uh, yeah, I of course like Marvel as well. They're doing totally different things, but uh, they both have their own strengths. Well, Rose and Greg, that was awesome. But Greg, I've got to stop really quick because you got the job. Congratulations. This is the first that I've heard you got the job, so I'm very happy for you. Oh, thank you very much. No problem. And also, yeah, I'll uh, confess too, I loved Man of Steel. <laughs> I think you either loved it or you hated it. But uh, you know what? That's why we're all here, to talk about uh, good things DC movies related. I know they're. it seems like they're far away, but I think once they start rolling out, then you guys are going to hear a lot from the three of us. So let's get started here with, uh, let's talk about the first thing. Greg, you're up. What do you think of the DC Extended Universe so far? What are we going to do? What are we going to see? So far, I have a very positive impression of it. I mean, uh, I really, really enjoyed Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. I'm sure we'll have a very thorough debate about it. I obviously don't think it's a perfect movie or anything like that i certainly recognize it has uh, several flaws we'll probably disagree on the flaws but uh i think it was a uh decent starting point for the expansion of the universe i love the movie overall but in terms of building a universe i don't think it was quite there yet because uh there were mostly scattered easter eggs you know like you saw uh wayne's satellite lexcorp and there were several other small Easter eggs here and there. But it seems like uh, the next movie, Snyder's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I'm very excited for that because I think that's really uh, going to capitalize on what went down in Man of Steel. And it's just going to, I mean, like the title says, Dawn of Justice. It's building the, it's basically building. And if it doesn't create it in the end of the movie, it's going to at least strongly tease the formation of the Justice League. And that's, you know, of course, going to finally reveal a much bigger universe. And I'm very excited to see how that's handled. And then we have Suicide Squad the same year, which is going to delve into a totally different part of the universe. So it's going to be uh, 2016. I think it's going to be a really great year for the DCEU. Um, 
I, I, I'm sure we'll go into greater detail about it later. But yeah, I, I'm very excited for Snyder's Batman v Superman and uh, Ayer, David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Nice. Rose? I am. I feel like I need to give my opinion on Man of Steel now because everyone else has. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all the time it. we have for you, Rose. So thanks very much. Let's move on. I'll tell you guys a bit more about me. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you may have guessed from that, I am not a fan of Man of Steel really at all. But I'm also not going to say that it's the worst film in the world. Obviously, I just, it's not for me. And we will discuss this at length and repeatedly. But that was something I had to add in the beginning. Maybe because of that, maybe not. I'm actually way more excited for Suicide Squad than I am for Batman v Superman. Um, I, I'm so, so stoked to see Harley Quinn on the big screen. That is going to be, oh, that's going to kill me. That's going to be my big nerding out moment um, of the year. And as far as Batman v Superman goes, I'm really excited to see Momoa's Aquaman. That's what's getting me going with this. I'm excited because I know as well that then that's up on the slate to get a solo movie. And I think that's going to be epic. Um, I'm really, I want to talk about Wonder Woman. And I'm also a little unsure about where they're going with Wonder Woman and whether or not I'll like her. So that's that's my, my main important thoughts about the dceu right now you, you know uh, you you sort of read my mind because one of the movies i am most excited about even though i yeah i am looking forward to batman v superman and all that good stuff and suicide squad of course because as we all know because there's no secrets anymore the joker's going to make some sort of appearance um and you know again that's something we can talk about a little later here but i'm actually really looking forward to aquaman as well because there's there's a character that uh it just hasn't gotten the right attention uh over the years and uh, i think we all know the jokes but uh it, it's uh with yamamoa as aquaman holy crap I, I think they're really setting the tone and setting it up for him just to be total like just totally kick butt it's gonna be fantastic going so to much be- fun to watch Oh, so good. He's going to be so badass. And even even if people, I feel like with this casting, even if people don't sort of respect or understand the character thoroughly, they're not going to go talking shit about Jason Momoa because that man is terrifying. Like, <laughs> it's, in terms of casting, they have just put a stop to bad-mouthing Aquaman, and that's amazing. Yeah, Zack Snyder and uh, Jason Momoa have both basically implied that like the Aquaman jokes will stop after we see him. Snyder called in like a radio station a while ago to talk about how badass Aquaman is, and you know, like he could you know give Superman a fight. And then Momoa was recently commenting on, you know, he gave his opinion on uh, the, all the cliche uh, Aquaman jokes everyone hears, and he said they're, they're probably going to stop after the movie. But have have you guys seen Furious Seven? Because I know that sounds totally random, but the tangent makes sense because uh, the director of that, uh, James Wan, he's directing Aquaman. I haven't seen uh, Furious Seven yet, but I, I know he did like two. So yeah, yeah, I know he did the, some of the Saw movies, but that's like the first like I, I know that's his latest movie, and it got a lot of love. But I'm wondering how that was handled and if you see any of those strengths you know carrying over into aquaman from everything i've heard uh about furious 7 you know say what you want about the type of movie it is it, you know we all know what it is it's live action fun it's going to make money uh yeah. and it did 
And uh, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, everything I've heard about it is very positive in the way it was directed and put together. So, um, you know, these guys, the Warners are not wasting, they're putting a lot of money into all this. They're like, this is it. This is their Hail Mary pass. Like all these, especially with Batman versus Superman. I know you guys kind of touched on it and I'll, I'll be quiet in a second. So you guys can talk too. Um, but uh, the, I really feel like they really didn't start. I think by accident, almost they started to form the, the, the DC extended universe um, via Man of Steel and then really said, Oh my God, we've really got to go gung ho here and, and jump in on uh, and make Batman vs Superman the launching point. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just going back a little for a second. I was just looking through this James Wan's um, directing credits and producing credits and it seems that he does a lot of horror, and I think that that is going to be so exciting to have Aquaman covered by someone who does mostly scary movies. Oh, that's going to be incredible. But yeah, I sort of feel like they, they definitely... Batman v Superman is the linchpin of DC movies right now. It's got to be insane. It's got to be huge. It's got to do incredibly well. And I mean, I think it will. I don't think that there's really a lot of doubt about that. But it 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 definitely is the one that's going to launch everything. Yeah, you know what? I, th- I think it's funny because we all sort of agree. We've all touched on sort of every, you know, every character, say Flash, Shazam, Aquaman, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, um, everyone, all the big guns, you know, we've, we've touched them all. We all know that the universe itself so far is fairly dark. Um, but on the flip side of that, most recently, the rumors of the Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie. Well, what do you guys think about that? With obviously the great Greg Berlanti uh, taking, the, taking the reins on that one, and we all know what he's done in the TV universe. So I, I'm pretty excited. I know if this actually happens. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, yeah. Greg. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, sorry. I, I, <laughs> I should have thrown to one of you guys. It's, right. it's all your fault, Chris. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just going to be cut out of the entire episode. <laughs> so um, I, I think it could be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I imagine this being something that'll come after uh 2020 because right now we have the slate up until green lantern corpse and uh by then we're going to see a lot of variety i know uh man of steel batman v superman and suicide squad they all have kind of more uh i guess you could say uh darker tones more more serious uh a more serious atmosphere if you will but um i know that in a recent interview Zack snyder said that they're not really trying to follow a formula when it comes to their movies and first and foremost it's about letting the team that's attached to the movie, you know, build the story that they want to. And I know that, you know, the flash it's being written by two people who are known for comedy. So it, it definitely seems like the, the scope for some movies is going to be big and epic, you know, like Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, obviously Aquaman, you know, those movies have to be like jaw dropping and, you know, big grand adventures. But I feel like something like the flash or even Shazam or cyborg, they could be more fun. They could be more, I guess, and can't really say grounded for something like Shazam, <laughs> but Cyborg could be a little more grounded. I think they have the chance to really offer different tones and really uh, focus on different genres. And by the time, you know, Green Lantern comes around, we'll have, 
you know, sci-fi, mysticism, legendary, mythology, stuff like that. Uh, you know, violent, dark movies like Suicide Squad. So I think a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie, that could really, you know, it could have a lot of fun in it because obviously there's the potential for time travel, the dynamic between the two characters. It could have, the, you know, the chance to, we've seen a bunch of big and epic stuff, and now this could be a little more lighthearted. And I have a feeling The Flash will also be lighthearted, but uh, it'll offer some nice variety, I think. Yeah, I think the important word there was fun. Like, a lot of DC movies in the past, and a lot of the way that people describe DC movies is as dark and gritty. Everyone calls it gritty over and over again. You can't stumble across a blog post about DC movies without someone calling it gritty. And that's great. That's all well and good. That's fine. But I am so excited to see some stuff coming up on the slate that you just know is going to be funny. I'm really excited to see something that's out there and a comedy. And I think that's just going to be great. And it's going to be a great balance to movies like Suicide Squad, which I'm also really excited about. And I want to see the extreme. I'm a comic book nerd because I like crazy colors and, and big heroes and larger than life. And I want to see that in the movies. I want to see a crazy blue beetle dude and, cracking up and having fun and having this amazing dynamic and then i want to see a really dark twisted joker on the other end of the spectrum and i think that's so much better i'm so excited to see them intentionally adding a comedy to their spec to their slate you know what excuse me sorry i totally agree with you and i just cleared my throat in everyone's ear but uh and the thing, it's funny, let's say Booster Gold and Blue Beetle don't come out until, say, 2020 or 2021, um, the future, by the way. Uh, speaking of the future, so how great would it be? I mean, I, I want all these movies to succeed. I, I obviously truly do, because we're all here right now talking about them, that, and they're not even out. Um, but imagine, if you will, for a second... Let's say all the movies bomb. Well, then they could put the Booster Gold Blue Beetle movie out. These guys just go back in time, reboot everything, <laughs> and come back with all new actors under the under the characters of the main main guys like Superman and Batman and Joker and stuff. But uh, but no, it's in all seriousness though, um, it, it would be it would be really cool, really fun to see these guys sort of uh, time jumping and almost cameoing, making ca- their own little cameos in movies and you know. Like killing a butterfly here and there, and seeing how those things uh, come up. Um, down, down Why is it always a movie. butterfly? Have you ever actually killed a butterfly? Does anyone? They're like, what if you step on a butterfly? You, you Where are what? you I... living that butterflies are like walking around on the ground? This is completely off topic, but it they just don't... it bugs me. Here in Jersey, they can't fly. The air is too polluted, so they just walk around <laughs> on the ground. So it's all the people nice. in Jersey that are killing the butterflies by yeah. stepping on them. It's actually mostly just Donald <laughs> Trump. He's, he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want anything flying in, in the airspace. He, he has like there. a butterfly murder division. Need a border <laughs> to keep out the butterflies. <laughs> We're going to put a net around this city. Anyway. Um, Political <laughs> commentary. I expected that from the How that happen? From a Canadian about American stuff. <laughs> what? No. What? <laughs> Um, anyhow, yeah, there's, hey, by the way, Rose, there's butterflies in Vancouver. I know, but I don't murder them. Like, I don't accidentally mm. walk going, damn, I accidentally killed three butterflies today. That was a I'm bad day. Sh- Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty I'm sure I'm also not blacking sure. out my butterfly murder. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not saying you should, but maybe you should, you know, test it out. Go go for one and then see if your day drastically changes. Well, you know, my cats have tried to kill butterflies and they make it look really hard. So Well, I just lost an arm, so I don't know what's happening. Someone did something <laughs> somewhere. Um Hey, so listen, Greg, I want you to talk about Zack Snyder and uh you know, his George Miller comments with regards sure. to DC. Bring that yeah. bring that into the mix here. Yeah, sure, definitely. Initially, there was a rumor that uh, George Miller, the uh, director of Mad Max Fury Road and the other installments of the franchise, he um, was potentially going to write and direct Man of Steel 2. Now, there's been a lot of rumors about Man of Steel 2. There's one saying, you know, it's on indefinite hold and it may not happen or... uh, yeah, and, and the other one is, of course, the one about Miller. And uh, I think that's pretty exciting. But what makes things interesting interesting is Zack Snyder was asked about George Miller. And Snyder claims he hasn't spoken to him about DC's future, but he loved Fury Road. And he basically said whatever Miller wants to do in the DC universe, we're open to it. And uh, I think that's very exciting. Uh, you know, who knows if it'll actually happen. But it's exciting because we know Miller's interested in DC characters. He was previously attached to a uh, an abandoned Justice League project. And, I mean, if you watched Fury Road, I, I mean, it was just <laughs> kind of incredible. I mean, it, the cinematography, the, the use of color, the, the subtle character developments, the world building. I mean throw all of that into any DC movie and it's going to be freaking amazing. Uh, I I know a lot of his work um, focused on practical stunts, but there was a lot of CGI scattered throughout uh, because obviously there's a lot of wire work and, you know, enhancing the environments and all that. But um, yeah, give George Miller some super powered characters to play with and a world to uh, explore. And I think it has the potential to be awesome. I am so excited about it just for the color aspect of it because one of the things, like many people, that I really didn't like about Man of Steel was that it all, the color was so muted. And you guys may have seen that fairly recently someone made a, like a YouTube video where they redid the color for a little chunk of Man of Steel for like a trailer style Man of Steel to show it if it was in really bright colors. And I loved it. And the thought of having someone use the kind of amazing sort of colors and scenes and cinematography that George Miller did in Mad Max for Man of Steel 2 gets me really excited about a Superman movie, which is rare for me because I am not a Superman fan. Sorry, guys. That's all right. That's all right, you Lois Lane hating... Anyway, um, Superman, not Lois Lane. Okay, actually, that's the one thing I didn't like in Superman, uh, Man of, in Man of Steel, by the way, was the casting uh, for of uh, Amy Adams as Lois Lane. Um, uh, anyway, aside from that, uh, George Miller, uh, I, I agree, he, he would be uh, a welcome addition to uh, this family of movies, and I would actually love to see him. And I'm gonna. Uh, now, I don't think this character can hold his own movie, per se, but I would love to see George Miller tackle a movie uh, where Sergeant Rock is involved somehow, and maybe even with Suicide Squad, because that would, I think that would just be, that. that is, I think that kind of idea has George Miller written all over it. What do you guys think? Well, uh... Don't all jump at once. <laughs> <laughs> or so the Torp will just tell me you don't like it. 
no, so you're uh, speculating that, you know, if there are other movies not on the slate right now, that, exactly. that's something. Yeah. I mean, like Zach uh, Snyder said, I think give Miller anything and I would love to see what he turns up. I think he's a very talented director and a talented writer. And I, I do think that's uh, a lot of people say, you know, Fury Road, they critique it because there's no real story. It's just, you know, uh, there's a car, it turns left. And I won't say the rest because Chris has not seen the movie yet. But it, a lot of people essentially uh, say it's just one big chase scene. But I think... Um, but it's a pretty chase scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, if you're talking about just the plot points, it's pretty thin. But there's so much detail put into building this world and the handling of the characters. There isn't that much dialogue. But I mean, I just want to know why the road is so angry. Oh, there's a lot of reasons to be angry out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very dry and hot place. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, just the, the character designs, the, the handling of the characters and how they change throughout the movie. And then also just these hints that you see, these like, just these glimpses you catch of the various parts of the world and how different it is. Uh, it just like opens up so much potential. So I think you put any DC property in his hands, assuming it's something he can you know be really passionate about, I, I would love to see it. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that would everything that Greg just said. Um, but uh, the one thing that I would say is that I'm not overly keen on the idea of seeing some of like the, the war comics coming to live action, just because I feel like there are a lot of war movies being made. There are a lot of war movies that have been made. I don't feel like it's entirely necessary to bring that to the DV DCEU. And I also sort of feel like Again, that's playing more toward the side of DC movies that I personally am not a fan of. The grittiness, the um, that the dark elements. I want to see more of the unrealistic elements. I want to see the mysticism. I want to see people with crazy superpowers. I'm not so keen on just seeing, you know, uh, a war hero with a DC stamp on it. Yeah, you know what, and Rose, I, I do agree with you. Um, I, like, I think for myself, I, I'd only want to see, like, say, like a character like Sergeant Rock. I, I, I'd want him to be inserted into a movie, not see his own movie, and not be necessarily about him. Um, but, uh, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump away from that uh, for a sec here, and I'm gonna throw it back to Rose actually to start this one off for us, being the Marvel. <laughs> girl so to speak uh of the dc <laughs> movies podcast um i uh, like that title <laughs> that's right or ms marvel marvel girl you pick um <laughs> but uh, what let, let's let's get into uh the marvel uh marvel movie marvel studios uh you know world uh versus say the dc the dc extended universe for movies um how, how do you sort of see them going head to head what differences should they make and by the way i think we're all fans of all these marvel movies too i know i certainly am uh just to just to put it all out there in all seriousness so there's you know we don't get any uh, nerd tweets going hey you you didn't you don't like the marvel movies anyway uh yeah, Rose, yeah we, we're all fans of all the the comic book movies i think that yeah. that's definitely something to say but yeah i'm actually i'm really excited to see that dc is not connecting their movie and tv universes i as much as i love marvel i have been 
singularly unimpressed with the issues that they have had because of having to connect everything they do. Um, it bothers me that the pacing of the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was so off because they were waiting for the release of a film. It bothers me that they have issues with bringing characters in because they need to make sure that it matched up with the character arc in the other uh, universe or in the other um, medium, sorry. And I'm really excited to know that DC isn't going to be hampered by that. I think it's going to be really, really awesome to know that they can have completely different flashes and arrows and, or green arrows, I should say, bad habit <laughs> from, from talking about arrow too much. Oh God. Um, I'm really excited to know that we can have different variations on these characters and see different storylines. And I think that that's going to be a huge, huge mark of DC's success, a huge contributor to, to my predicting DC's success is going to be that they have completely separate universes. Nice. Nice take on that. Uh, Greg? Yeah, I'm on the same page with uh, Rose on that one. On the topic okay, great. Of, uh... So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the topic of, you know, Marvel having one shared universe on the big screen and the small screen, um, I, I do think that that has several pros and cons. The pros are, uh, you know, they've built such a strong bit fan base with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that exploring smaller areas of it and following up big stories and movies, uh, that, that can be really interesting to dedicated fans. But uh, just like Rose, I the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., unfortunately, that turned me off. I, I heard... The second season has been excellent. I, I just haven't had the time to catch up yet. But um, I, I do like that DC has um, kind of sprinkled its properties across various networks because while this does restrict them from using certain characters, like Harley Quinn was reduced to a cameo in Arrow when uh, they had bigger plans for her, um, it does reduce um, their use of certain characters. I know Booster Gold is one that they can't use in Legends of Tomorrow. <clears throat> and we obviously just uh, before went over why. Um, but at the same rate, they don't need to worry about continuity. They don't need to worry about how it's you know connected to the bigger picture, uh, where it technically fits in, uh, needing to collaborate with literally everyone to make sure you know, it doesn't <laughs> you know, uh, get in the way of anything else or contradict anything else. As for the way they approached it, I really like their, that they're coming out of the gate with uh, Batman v Superman. I know a lot of people are saying, like, you, you know, already throwing Batman in there. You, you must not have a lot of faith. But uh, I, I think it's... Uh, these are the two biggest characters, and for a good reason. They have a great dynamic and a great bond. And I think uh, having a movie right away that is seemingly full of so much fan service, I mean, it's pulling so much from The Dark Knight Returns uh, based on what we've seen. And this act um, is going to obviously be the big event that kind of brings this universe together. So it, to me, it makes sense that after that, we will have Justice League just one year after that. Because, um, yeah, before, after Batman v Superman, it's what, Suicide and Wonder Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman, which is also very cool. Because Suicide Squad, you know, Batman v Superman is going to be big and epic. Suicide Squad... Um, it's going to show how is the government reacting to all this? You know, there's all these crazy characters out there. What are they doing behind the scenes to respond to this explosion of dangerous threats that, you know, humans cannot tackle on their own? The army uh, may not be able to take on by itself. 
And then Wonder Woman is going to really expand the mythos. It's going to, you know, she's a demigod in this, demigod, excuse me, in this. So I, I'm very excited for uh, how they're constructing it. You know what? I, I'm uh, I, first when when Mar- I'm going to jump to Marvel for a second. First when Marvel, sure. uh, first when Marvel uh, introduced when they said Shields going to be connected, and the movie and the TV universes were going to be one. I was really excited, like everyone else. I think at the time, you're like, "Wow, this is going to be pretty incredible. We're going to see some big name stars on the small screen, and some, you know, some characters really build up and." jump from the small screen to the big screen and vice versa. There's going to be, it's going to be a genuinely shared universe. I think we can all agree that it isn't. Uh, and, and I, I you know, I, I liked, uh, I, I felt that, that agents of shield really caught its stride around episode 10 of season one. Uh, I've told friends in the past to just start there and, uh, and it's, and, and it really took off from there actually. But I think the one thing I want to uh, jump on here is, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here because I'm think, I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks this. When you introduce a character like Harley Quinn, I think at the time they introduced her with through Arrow, um, they didn't really know what they were doing. I don't think they even knew Suicide Squad was going to be a reality at that time, or it was just a very, very, you know, concept at a, just at a concept point. Um, but when all of a sudden now you fast forward to today and you're going to have a Flash movie, you're going to have a Flash. TV series, yes, one's Barry, one's Wally. All you know, like you can play with all all that as much as you want, but you should be able to eventually have Harley Quinn in in the TV universe for for uh, DC. Uh, I, I just I just the way they can explain it easily. They're comic book shows. They're in different universes. Um, but then, and maybe you guys can jump in on this for me because I've been a little out of the loop uh, last little bit. With regard to Supergirl, I've heard rumors that oh, they may uh, they may introduce Supergirl over in, you know, with Arrow and Flash on TV or, but it's still connected. If you see, you know, if anyone's watched the trailer, it's directly connected to Man of Steel. Uh, what's what's happening there on that end of things? As far as I'm aware on this one, a lot of the rumors are based on the fact that the networks um, for Supergirl and for Arrow and Flash are connected. Uh, It's not the same network, but one of the networks owns the other one, so there's no particular sort of legal impediment to having the two connect, and it is possible. In terms of the Man of Steel Supergirl crossover, um, I will say I have seen the Supergirl pilot at Comic-Con. I'm not going to go spoiling it for anyone because I'm not a dick. But Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have seen it, and it, it connected is connected in quite a loose sense. Um, we don't see the characters directly, really. It's sort of there's an awareness that Superman exists, that Metropolis exists, but we're not... Like, we're not going to have the same level of connection, I think, that we have with, say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers. So I, I'm i not sure it's going to be a huge issue if later on they decide to say, actually, this is a different universe, it's the same one as Flash and Arrow. I don't think that's going to be a massive problem for all but the most nitpicky of fans, which exist. We know they do. Yeah, yeah. Regard- uh, regarding Harley Quinn... Um... I, I pulled up the exact quote. Willa Holland, I guess she previously commented on it. Uh, she plays Thea, Queen. Um, 
here's her exact quote. It says, we had big plans for Harley, but I guess something came down from DC execs that told us to shut it down. I mean, we had that tease with the pigtails and the Argus outfit, Argus outfit, but we'll never see it. We would love to have Harley and Arrow, but it will never happen. So it seems like certain characters, characters that are going to have very prominent roles in the DCEU, there's probably restrictions on many of them. Flash appears to be an exception. Um, I, I imagine Jeff Johns had some pull there because, you know, he, he's connected to, you know, forming the DC and the movie-verse, and uh, he's, he's obviously a big Flash fan, and uh, Captain Cold especially. So, um, yeah, maybe they just got ahead of the, the gate there. They, they got out. The, the show and it was before you know they they were 100 percent on the flash movie i think the flash also gets to be an exception solely because there have already been like three barry allens within the tv show the flash we have future barry and past barry and, and this different timeline barry and because we're already dealing with time travel and multiverse for the Flash, it's very easy to have two different Flashes existing at the same time. It's not a problem at all because they basically went, ah, multiverse, bam, done. <laughs> yeah. Fixed. <laughs> Solution. That, well, yeah, there's the comic book fix, right? The classic comic book fix. Uh, oh, he's not dead. Uh, yoink. Take him out of this universe, put him in ours. Done. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? I, I, I have to. I have a pet peeve, and I have to get this out there. And I think it's something good for us to talk about. We didn't really uh, sort of. I, I'm just springing it on you guys now, but it's not uh, like it's rocket a rocket science topic here. But um, my my pet peeve, my my thing that makes me rant, uh, is especially in Marvel, but more so with the DC movies. Okay, guys, I get you're trying to you're trying to create a buzz for your movies coming up like Suicide Squad and Menace, uh, Batman vs. Superman uh, in particular. When you keep quote-unquote, when when there keeps uh, when there are just leaks, quote-unquote, leaks of footage and then the studio says, okay, we'll just release this footage, release this footage. I feel like they're not saving anything for the big screen. There's no um, there's no wonder, like I want, you know, what, what's this going to be like, or what's that going to be like? Where's the, where's the mystery? It's all being ripped apart because they're just handing it to us ahead of time to try and get us excited about something that's not going to come out for, you know, when it all started for another year. I just, I, I just, I want these guys, and even Marvel does it too. I want them to just slow that train down, and I think DC would be smart to do that. Because I've seen so much footage of Suicide Squad, I'm like, really? Can you not? Why are you showing me this? I don't want to see this right now. I want to. I want to see that. I want to see the Joker going down the street in his car, like on the big screen. I want that to be the surprise. Uh, sure, I can find out that he he's going to be in it in Suicide Squad, but I don't need to. I, I just don't want it all just given to me right away. What do you What do you guys well, think on that? The the Batman cameo in Suicide Squad that was in that was unofficially released. Those were pictures taken from the set by other people, and those were leaked. So that, I, I don't think there were any uh, official images or official footage of Batman on the Suicide Squad set. But I do remember David Ayer, uh, Ayer commented on that, and he uh, it was after people were constantly taking pictures of you know the Suicide Squad crew, crew walking around and Batman on a car. He said they still have plenty of surprises left, and you know he was aware that shooting there made it very open to taking pictures. 
but he said that, you know, everything that they thought people could see, they've seen, and they still have plenty that they're doing, you know, in a closed set. So I, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I think Marvel, when it comes to releasing footage, is a little guiltier. I mean, before Age of Ultron came out, they released a lot of clips, a lot of trailers. And, of course, the, the fault's on me for choosing to watch them. I, and, you know, I, I'm so with, that, I, I did the same thing, man. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> tough to resist. You know, you get so excited for these movies. I know a lot of people are able to manage, you know avoiding them but uh for me if i see there's like a 30 second clip i'm like oh man fine i'll watch it <laughs> and i think we before age of ultron came out it was like eight to 15 minutes of footage that um yeah. was out there before it was released and something like that i don't really i understand uh disney and marvel wants age of ultron to be a huge hit but they already have a huge fan base at that point i feel like they didn't have to reveal so much before that movie came out because there was already a large percentage of people who were basically guaranteed to buy it. I mean, you know, the after uh, the first Avengers, I mean, broke the box office, it's pretty much assured that the sequel is going to get a lot of people back in the seats. It didn't do as well, but it still did very well. But um, as for how DC is uh, promoting their stuff, I think the first Batman v Superman trailer, excuse me, not technically the first one, the the Comic-Con one that was recently revealed. I think that did a great job building the hype while still leaving a lot of mystery. I think it was edited in a way, edited in a way, <laughs> where um, there was still some mystery there. Like, there's the great shot of Batman using the grappling gun and the lightning in the background, dodging right before a blast of heat vision hits him. And immediately, we don't know who fired that. We're meant to think it's Superman because you see a shot of him flying and then firing heat vision. But would he really do that against Batman when Batman's not wearing his mega armor? Does Lex Luthor have control of him? Could that be an unnamed villain who is rumored to be, well, you probably know who if you're listening to this. I won't drop a potential <laughs> spoiler there. So, so uh, yeah, I think so far they're doing a good job marketing these two movies. Uh the, the Batman v Superman was just enough to build the hype. The Suicide Squad trailer, uh, I thought it built a great atmosphere, but Will Smith's one-liners felt a little out of place. Other than that, I'm very interested. But I guess we'll have to wait and see how the marketing handles it as these movies get closer and closer. But yeah, no, I, I agree that we don't need to see every single leak. I feel like comic book coverage, uh, comic book genre coverage, it's kind of getting into like TMZ territory at that point, where there are people taking literally this like, paparazzi pictures of like here's the latest look at this person but they're really just you know in a business suit or something yay or uh. yeah i think <laughs> yay i actually think that for for a lot of people for a lot of ugh, i'm gonna start that again i think that a lot of the issue actually comes down to the fans rather than the studios with this one because as you've said you know a huge issue is with people walking around the sets and taking photos and posting them online and that's something, I mean, I live in Vancouver, The Flash, Arrow, um, Supernatural, all these shows are filmed right in my neighborhood, and they're not massively subtle about this. If I wanted to, I could go driving out there every time they're filming at three in the morning and just like perch on top of my truck and take photos. But again, I'm not a dick, so I don't do it. <laughs> that reminds me, I'm, like... I'm so sorry to interrupt, but you're talking about Flash and Arrow. Like when uh, Arrow's uh, League of Assassins costume was revealed early. It's like, dude, seriously? 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, like it's people people who are taking these photos and posting them online, and some of the the footage is released by the studio, but a lot of it is people is actually fans sort of leaking photos or talking mm-hmm. about rumors or just picking everything apart and getting into every possible nuance of what someone said. Yeah. And then issue for people like us, and I mean, I feel a little hypocritical saying this because, you know, we're launching a podcast that is essentially based <laughs> on talking about all these little things that happen. And, you know, all of us work uh, writing about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, you know, we have to buy into this weird fan desire to show and leak and talk about everything because if we don't then we're not informed enough to write about the stuff that's officially released so we're stuck in this whirlpool where we can't you can't get out i don't see a way that we can get to a point where we're not seeing all these leaked footage and all this leaked photos and i think what we kind of have to do is just accept that it's happening get really imaginative with all of the different ways that it could go and use that to create our own mystery yeah yeah like like you said i mean we write for sites so i'm certainly being a hypocrite here i've covered you know leaks and rumors and early things but when we do that we're also trying to be as careful as possible with the headline you know not giving away the reveal and also not in the you know the image that's shared on social media that's the worst like when you accidentally see a leak because that's the image they use to you know promote the article yeah that's in, that's incredibly frustrating and it's it's it drives me nuts it drives me completely insane yeah, it's you know what I'm with you guys, especially when when I'm writing if I'm writing reviews for comics, uh, and even if I'm reading say a review for a comic or a movie, the thing that gets to me the most, and I'm sure it gets to everybody, is right off the bat there's a spoiler. So the the, uh, the story kind of went like this, and at the end it was blah 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 in the first three sentences, and you're like what are you doing and anyway i am of the mind i never give out spoilers in any kind of reviews if if i'm going to give a spoiler i will warn someone five times before they even get to that point uh so then they can get angry about it after if they want but they don't really have a choice they don't really have a a shot at doing that but my point is uh yes Uh, a good friend of mine does purposely does not watch trailers does not read anything he'll just hear about a movie being released uh, being announced and I'm like, great. Let me. I'm gonna wait until I go see it in the theater. And he's telling me he's like the first one in line. And uh, it, it's amazing that he does this. Uh, so good on him. That's, I mean, that's impressive. You know, that's he, really impressive these days to see someone who can avoid that. Yeah, yeah is he like, like he's a, green a Jedi? Because that's no, more like a Jedi. Is he can, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive. He. <laughs> it's pretty good. But um, where do you guys? Where do you guys stand on? Where do you stand on the uh, on the on directors leaving uh, Wonder Woman and and there there's been uh, there there's been a lot of talk around that and um, you know, I guess I read one site a while back that said uh, that said you know it has it has to be uh, a strong female director and I and I don't get me wrong I'm I'm on board with that wholeheartedly but. It seems like Warner, uh, Warner DC have had a bit of a roller coaster in terms of the way of nailing nailing people down to, to either scripts or direct or what have you. That was really open ended. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like, and I'm going to say something a little controversial here. So you know, like drum roll, please. 
Um, I sort of feel like while it would be really great and the ideal scenario is having a female director for Wonder Woman, I don't think it's entirely necessary. I think if you have a female, if you have a director, a male director, who is just really, really good at directing and writing really strong female characters, that is sufficient. Um, I know a lot of people disagree with me, and I would like to see a female director because I want to see um, more representation of female directors in Hollywood. Yep. Beyond that, um, I sort of I, I wonder and I fear that Wonder Woman is not going to be the greatest character because I'm I'm not super stoked about her costume. Um, I'm not necessarily stoked about what I've seen or what I've heard about how they're bringing her in. I'm worrying. I'm, st I'm honestly starting to get a little worried about Wonder Woman as a character and as a standalone movie. And the fact that they're having such difficulties with getting a director to stick for the project is just, it's, it's making my anxiety itch. It's bugging me. <laughs> What do you guys think? Do you think this could be a could Wonder Woman not do as well as we want it to do? You know, I I want it to do well, and I and I actually disagree with you. I think the costume, unless I misheard you, I think the costume looks fantastic, and there's no, there's nothing saying that that's the final costume. You know, that could be the that that costume could just be show up for you know two minutes of a movie, and then all of a sudden drastic overhaul. Right. But aside from the costume, I think I think Gal Gadot is perfectly cast as weird as weird as that sounds. There's gonna be a lot of people disagree with me. But uh, I, I think that I, I like her as an actress and I think she'll be great. And I hope the movie succeeds. But I think, yeah, I think they I think the powers that be just keep flip flopping too much. It's like, guys, make a decision, stick with it and go for it. Just go for it. Let someone run that ship. I'd almost let someone run that ship almost separately. It's like, okay, you guys are all over there doing Wonder Woman. Perfect. Just focus on that. Don't listen to the, don't listen to the rest of the noise around here and, and go with it. Um, there's my thoughts. What do you think, Greg? Uh, I think a Wonder Woman movie is very doable. I mean, back in 2009, the animated movie, that was amazing. It's easily one of my top five DC animated movies. It was... Uh, I think it was written by gail simone and maybe some other people i, I know that had a female director uh lauren montgomery right um yeah i believe it was her and uh that that was a great movie that should serve as a template for how to make a wonder woman wonder woman movie uh as for the, the that's easy for you to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah very easy for me to say <laughs> um as for the upcoming movie in 2017, didn't the director leave over creative differences? And I heard some reports that like maybe that was for the best because she had some very out there ideas. It's a while ago. I don't remember reading the report in detail. Did anyone else? Yeah, I did read. I did read that it was for quote unquote creative differences. Uh, I didn't. I didn't hear any of the sort of out there ideas myself. What about what about you, Rose? I, uh, I'm with you. I heard creative differences. And I mean, that's the most useless phrase in the world, really. I mean, it, it creative differences covers a multitude of sins. Um, so that could be anything, you know, creative differences could be that she was going to do something completely wild and crazy, or creative differences could be, you know, random code for actually we didn't get along. We have no idea. <laughs> you know what? I always take that as 
exactly what you just said because I was just about, I was just about to say it was we can't agree on anything. You know, we sat in a room for 12 hours, we couldn't agree, we took a 12-hour break, and we still can't agree, so we've got creative differences. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Creative differences is just, it's a phrase that means nothing, but that PR people really love because it means nothing. And it doesn't sound overly offensive to anyone, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, let's say, and not, not, you know, impugning any of the people that were involved in this specific project, but let's say you have a theoretical movie, and you bring on a director, and they turn out to be, like, a total a-hole. You can't have a PR person want, you know, say out to the world, uh, actually, this director left the project because it turns out they were an asshole. So instead they say, <laughs> we had creative differences. Not saying that that... that, that particular director was an asshole by any means simply saying that you creative differences can mean literally anything it's useless in figuring out what went wrong you know it's so funny it's so funny to hear you say that because the only person i could ever even think of actually being that honest and that blunt is like kevin smith and man i would love to see it one day hey hey kevin why did uh you know what why did uh so-and-so leave your movie oh she was just a total piece of work you know like just he'd use other words but uh, <laughs> but it would it, a little honesty would be good i know i want to i want to i want to uh throw something out there because i i know we've sort of talked about it here and there but i'm really excited for eisenberg as uh uh lex luther yeah i'm i'm so i think he's amazing i'm also i'm really excited for his sake to see him as Luther because he tends to often play the same kind of character. He gets typecast a lot. And um, I was actually, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It's still out in theaters. It's the his latest movie, American Ultra, which yeah. uh, I thought was an awesome movie. But again, it was, it's Jesse Eisenberg playing his sort of usual kind of guy. And I'm really excited to see him as a supervillain. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you uh, about him seemingly being typecast as having a similar personality in a lot of movies. I have not seen American Ultra, Ultra, despite uh, Max Landis <laughs> demanding on uh, <laughs> Twitter for everyone to see it. it. Nothing against the movie. I, I just I haven't seen it yet. I'll probably see it when it you know comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. But um, yeah, no, I, I I think it'll be an interesting contrast because you know with Superman and Batman we have these older heroes uh more so batman being you know this older veteran gruff gruffy <laughs> and tough kind of batman and superman uh he's you know he's just become superman he's a little younger but then we have jesse eisenberg who's this you know just this it, it seems like he's going to be like a smart ass kind of guy the new generation stepping up and getting one up on them and uh being kind of like a big entrepreneur so it could be interesting uh as long as he I... doesn't come off yeah yeah, I, I just think it's going to be really fascinating. I think that he against Ben Affleck is going to be a really interesting, just like physical matchup. Um, mm. Because Lex Luthor's in the past are often almost as physically intimidating. If you take like Lex Luthor in Smallville, he was just as tall and quite intimidating physically compared to um, Tom Welling, who played Superman. And I'm really excited to see this, like, skinny, 
weird looking Lex as opposed to, you know, up against this buff older Batman. I'm really excited to see that. Just from a visual perspective, I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, other Lex Luthers, they do often have a physical presence. They're not really known as like, you know, brawlers and <laughs> someone who could beat Batman <laughs> in a fight. But, you know, they're certainly pretty intimidating looking. And I think with Jesse Eisenberg, it uh, it can almost make someone underestimate him. And uh, yeah. that, that should be interesting. And uh, there are rumors that we may see him get into, you know, a uh, green and purple armor. So I guess we'll we'll find out. But but I have a feeling a lot of the attacks he's going to be doing will be, you know, planned out and uh, relying on resources. <laughs> I don't think yeah. we'll see him scuffling with Ben Affleck anytime soon. <laughs> No, though that would be a different kind of interesting. I would love to know, talking about physical appearances, uh, how you guys feel about Jared Leto's Joker and his tattoos. Because I love this. Um, full disclosure, because obviously you can't see me when we're podcasting. I am very, very heavily tattooed. And I love seeing characters on screen that are tattooed. I think he looks amazing with it. I think he looks like perfectly sort of creepy and not having a whole lot of respect for his body while also wanting to take control of his body and show it off and make a statement. And I think it looks awesome, but I know a lot of people hate it. So what do you guys think? I, you know, I, I, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rose, I completely agree with you. I love it. I think it's... I've heard so many people say, oh, well, it's his damage done, his head. And why, you know, he's already damaged, so why does, he need to, why does he need to advertise it? No, no. It's because he is damaged. <laughs> that, that's the explanation. Like, there's no more explanation needed other than he's the Joker, he's crazy, there's no explaining crazy, and he looks amazing, and... And that's it. And well, yeah, holy you, you crap, is he looks ah he's he reminded me of um, oh shoot, what's the actor's name in Memento? Do you remember the movie Memento? Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I did yeah. not. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. Carpet anyway, shame. <laughs> uh, Pierce? No. Anyway, guy, yeah, um, Guy Pierce. Guy, guy Pierce. Pierce. Thank you. It was Guy Pierce in Memento. You have to see that movie, Rose. Side note: see it, but. When I saw the Joker, he reminded me had a bit of that look. Uh, uh, obviously, very different, but I think I'm with you. The Joker looks fantastic, and he's crazy, and he should look that way. And uh, I think we're all in for a treat and a surprise. And I can't wait to hear the laugh from the darkness. Of course, Greg. Greg, are you a tattoo fan? Okay. Oh, you know, I mean. Uh. <laughs> No, I, I don't have any. Um, I, I think for that first image, I, I didn't mind most of what was going on, but I am with the crowd where, you know, damage right across the forehead did feel a little too blunt for me. But again, like you're saying, he's, <laughs> like you're saying, he's crazy. You don't really need to justify anything he does because, you know, he's out of his mind, or at least that's what he leads on. Uh, but yeah, I, I think once we saw the trailer, though, you don't really even notice it. You know, it's not that prominent. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think with that 75th anniversary image, it was a bigger deal for many people because you have the time to just like stare at the image and pick everything apart. But once he was in motion, it's 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 fine. I don't mind yeah. that. And I don't mind the other stuff at all. 
Uh, that that seems to be taken from uh, Frank Miller and Jim Lee's work on the character. He was only in one issue in the All Star Batman and Robin, at least as far as I remember. But yeah, the design definitely seems to come from him, and I'm really excited to see how he's going to look uh, taken from uh, the other Frank Miller comic, The Dark Knight Returns. I know we know we're going to he's going to wear the white suit at some point, and Jared Leto is a very talented actor and he certain buffed up he buffed up for the role so i think he's gonna look great i i cannot agree with you more the excitement i have over that i i'd even want to i'd want to see i think we all would i want to see a standalone joker movie like i, I really do i'm actually more excited about seeing seeing the suicide 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 wow suicide squad <laughs> movie <laughs> Uh, then I would be about a standalone Joker movie. I think that he's the kind of character that he needs someone to to play with, you know? And I like the idea of him having this whole group to screw with. And I, I just sort of feel like he works best. I like seeing him in the sidelines. And I also like, I really do enjoy seeing lesser known characters come to the fore with like Suicide Squad and getting to see a character like Aquaman who's not necessarily lesser known but who's less popular. I'm really excited about seeing characters other than the big three and the big enemies come onto the screen because I think it's just going to be so good and it's refreshing. It's different. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, who thought we would see Killer Croc and Katana in Suicide Squad or El Diablo. <laughs> and I, I know there are people with mixed uh, thoughts on it, obviously. And uh, there's going to be for any casting announcement, but I'm very excited to see Will Smith as Deadshot. Yeah, I, you know, I was I was a little... Uh, I held back to see, and then when I saw finally saw some sort of, like, the, the look of him uh, as Deadshot, I'm like, oh, yeah, good, awesome. Like, Will Smith's an amazing actor, so, uh, the, you know, it's... Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to totally be fun. Well, um, listen, guys, let's give our friendly listeners uh, a little rundown on where they can find us, the, the, the co-hosts of the DC Movies podcast. Uh, this episode zero has been a lot of fun. I think people really kind of are going to get to know who the heck we are. Uh, so, Rose, why don't you start? Uh, let people know where they can find you. And then uh, we'll go over to Greg. Absolutely. You can find me all over the interwebs. Uh, I have my own website at www.rosemorewrites.com. You can also find me on Twitter at rosemorewrites and at Instagram at rosemorewrites again. I believe the Facebook is also at rosemorewrites. So I'm really, really simple to find, basically. Just first name, last name, and rights, and you got me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Greg? Yeah, my, my Twitter handle is literally just my name, so at Greg Katzman, G-R-E-G-G-K-A-T-Z-M-A-N. Uh, if you're ever in Midtown Comics in New York, let me know, and maybe I can say hi real fast. We can talk about comic books. I also have a blog. I occasionally just write reviews and fun stuff there. It's just Greg Katzman, period, blogspot.com. I don't know why I said period there. It's a dot. That was weird. That was a little weird, Greg. What's, yeah, did we go weird. back to like the, the early 90s and you're not quite sure how to internet yet? So you have to go to HTTP colon. Oh, God. No, yeah, just uh, Greg Katzman. You can also blog. find him by searching in web crawler. <laughs> or oh. as Jeeves. Uh, yeah, just Greg GregKatzman.blogspot.com <laughs> or on Twitter, just at my name. And uh, I 
you know, you may see my name on screen rant as well. Nice. Uh, you know, before I forget, uh, we will be recording the DC movie po- DC movies podcast twice uh, twice a month. Uh, so you're welcome. And uh, yeah, so my name is Chris Duker, and I, uh, aside from being one of the uh, co-hosts on this exciting little podcast of ours. Uh, I am also the managing editor of a little website called geeknerdnet.com. And uh, that's where I have a different take on uh, on the comic industry. I do not talk about uh, DC or Marvel books because every other news or review site does that. Uh, I focus on the indie side of comics. Um, a lot of Canadiana because I'm Canadian from Calgary. And uh, I'm damn proud of it. But uh, I've also met a lot of fine Americans and uh, others from around the globe. So uh, this weekend, actually... Uh, uh, September 25th, 26th, 27th, I'll be up at the Edmonton Expo uh, covering covering that show. Uh, hopefully get to talk to Gail Simone. She's going to be there. But uh, let me jump back to, you can also find me on Twitter, at comic underscore Canuck is my personal sort of Twitter. Uh, my site is at geeknerdnet. So there you go. Now, DC Movies Podcast, you can find us on Twitter, at DC Movies Podcast. Or on Facebook, so facebook.com slash DC Movies Podcast. Instagram, we are at uh, DC Movies Podcast. And also, the website, dun 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 dun, DC Movies Podcast.com. And uh, yeah, uh, Rose, we look forward to seeing some uh, set photos uh, from Arrow and The Flash because <laughs> no, that's how you roll. I'm those hard. You know, I do like to follow celebrities around when they're off work and just like bug them a lot. I think it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, guys, uh, just so you know, the DC Movies Podcast is part of the grander scale uh dctvpodcast.com there's that and uh, you can also send emails to us at dcmoviespodcast at gmail.com so I think that's a wrap guys thoughts last uh, last goodbyes for now silence crickets <laughs> ladies first <laughs> Rose is gone already it's, I, I hate how it's ladies first it always puts me on the spot oh sorry I meant to say great <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we record twice a month, so up next we're going to go over, you know, we'll talk in greater detail about Batman v Superman and then Suicide Squad, and then we'll delve into the other stuff. But in the meantime, do your homework. Uh, go watch Batman Assault on Arkham, the animated movie, if you're excited for Suicide Squad. And I'm sure we'll have more recommendations down the road as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, also on the social media side of things, a lot of the time, if you're following us on Twitter or Facebook, you will be seeing a lot of stuff from me. I will be doing as well some live tweets in between our podcasts, so feel free to tweet me and let me know what you want to hear me ramble about in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> maybe I will take Greg's advice and show. do a live tweet. <laughs> Is it? Damn. Uh, Do a live tweet of Assault on Arkham because that could be cool. If you want to hear that, uh, then yeah, tweet me and let me know. Awesome. Well, from all of us here at DC Movies Podcast, thanks for listening to Episode Zero. Stay tuned for Episode One soon. Mm -hmm.